time for those who still need to be counted and who will actually sign the petitions. And there's a little bit of weariness going on because we've got a petition every week. We, we begin, begin to think, can you do anything about it? Well, I think the church needs to be a prophetic voice in our society and stand up and say wrong is wrong and right is right and I believe in the Bible. Because you know what? If you don't, I will go to jail in the next 10 to 20 years. I'm not joking. Because I tell you, I will refuse to marry someone who's not different. <laughs> you know, I, hey, I'll love them. I'll meet with them for coffee. Seriously, I will love them. I'll meet with them for coffee. I will pray with them. I will do everything I can to point them to the fact that Jesus is Lord and he is the answer to life. And I, I mean that. But I will also prepare to go to jail. So do you want your pastor to go to jail? Some of you look a little bit interested. <laughs> Thank you, Mum, for coming and helping me today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was great. And uh, just one other short little testimony. Uh, uh, Dawn Creed's uh, stepfather, John, had the life support turned off. Was it Thursday? Wednesday. Thursday, the life support was turned off. After a lot of prayer and... You know, normally when they turn life support off, the thought is is that time is quite short. So, but yesterday, he's sitting up in bed asking for a cup of coffee. And uh, that's amazing, absolutely amazing. Now, you know, he's not out of the woods, but if you haven't picked it up yet, stuff happens when God's people pray. Oh, thank you. So we've got about 15 minutes which is probably about good today because I just want to uh, take one significant step towards our unwrapping of 1 Corinthians and particularly the moving the gifts. And last week we started to look at 1 Corinthians 12. We've dug down a little bit deeper. We started to model the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there are those nine gifts and how it's attached to the uh, fact that we're one body to the back end of uh, chapter 12 with one body you know the eye can't say to the and has this feature that in fact we should give honor to the most dishonorable members of the body and all this is about gifts say gifts so unity is about operating in the gifts of the holy spirit and then if there's any place in the bible where i could remove the chapter divisions and strip away the chapter divisions that were put there in the 17th century by Archbishop Usher, Usher who rode, rode around in England and he gave us the scripture and the verses, which we're all glad for because then we know where John 3.16 is, don't we? But some of the chapter visions were simply his best guess. And you've got to give him credit. He actually got it right. On many, many occasions, he actually did really well. But on some occasions where he put the chapter divisions, he did not help our understanding. And one chapter that you should throw away from your Bibles is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You should just have one big chapter called 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that counts the existing chapter 12, existing chapter 13, and then chapter 14 because otherwise you will not understand one of the central points that Paul's trying to bring to a... a a church that is mobilized in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they've got pandemonium happening. 
They've got chaos happening. They've got excess happening. And we'll miss it. And we'll think that 1 Corinthians probably relates to a nice scripture that you'd share at a funeral. I mean a wedding. Now, it's the most likely time you'll hear 1 Corinthians 13 being read. Can we have that video? Thanks. We'll see how patient they are. <laughs> you can talk to your neighbours. It's the only time I'll let you talk to the neighbours. <laughs> it's just a click away. Don't you love technology? This is a good video. It's a very good video. Are you ready yet, or should I just plan on catching the podcast? I'm hurrying. You make us late for church every week. You are slow as molasses. Well, don't you want me to look pretty? You look fine. Same as always. What's that supposed to mean? Last week I was overweight. Are you calling me fat? No, I just... You want me to be pencil-thin just like your secretary. Is that it? Probably won't hurt. Honey, that's ridiculous. Well, I would just like to look pretty for you. I know. You have to look pretty. It's my reputation. It's important for my image. We are the best-looking couple in church. Not everybody's that lucky. I know. Oh, 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 no. You've got to pick one under your nose. You should let me pop it. Ew, just stop it. Stop it. Oh, I really know how to make a girl feel good. Oh, God. I'll get you. You should remember how lucky you are to have a good-looking wife that is very good to you. Yeah, I guess you're right. Now, you're unbelievable. Do you know how many times you overreact? What, are you keeping count? Oh, honey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Look, pimple or no pimple, you are still the prettiest girl I have ever seen. I'm just trying to get yourself out of the doghouse. Is it working? Keep being hopeful. We'll see how your day goes. I mean, this is supposed to be a special day. I, kn I know. I know. And it is special. I promise. I will. Everyone at church will know how much I love you. Sweetheart, do you trust me? Yeah. Now, come on. Let's get to church already. example of what 1 Corinthians 13 is not about. This idea that it's to do a, a lot to do with, uh, you know, human love, human affection. God has planned to actually take the power of the Holy Spirit and to incarnate that into human beings. 
risky business for God. Yeah? Absolutely. And then he wants us to be mobilized as a body for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be displayed. He's not into appointing lone rangers. One person has all the power, all the gifts, will actually only stay sane for a little while before they go megalomaniac and start their worldwide TV ministry. You actually need the body. We actually need each other. And so if you want to just pick up the context, go to chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I put on my seeing eye glasses. I've been so vain for so long. I don't need glasses. <laughs> just because the light's dull. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When you get there, cry out hallelujah. So I want to pick it up in verse 27. And I want you to forget the fact there's a chapter division. All right? Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That's great, isn't it? And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, and also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with the gifts of administration. Boy, do we need those guys and girls. And those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? The answer is no in the Greek. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in the public manifestation gift of tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Then he goes on to say, but eagerly, eagerly, look eager, please, look eager, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you a more excellent way. If I speak with the tongues, that's a gift of men or of angels, but have not agape, I am resounding gong a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, that's a good gift, isn't it? And can fathom all mysteries. This is the gift of wisdom and knowledge, the word of knowledge. And if I faith, this is a gift of faith, and can move mountains, but have not agape, I am zero. I'm nothing. Paul's trying to bring some correction to how we do the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to flow in any congregation, a number of things are going to happen. One of the things is, you may not get your turn. You may have to sit on what you believe God's given you. You may find someone gets up and they bring some sort of an exhortation or something and you think it's in the flesh. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But that's not what this passage is on about. It's about love being the basis of how we do the miraculous. What shuts down the miraculous in the church of Jesus Christ is not a lack of intention from God. It's not a lack of reception by His people, but it's a lack of agape. We start wearing the gifts like uh, badges that we've earned, medals of honours. I prophesy better than He does. She prophesies better than him. And we start to mistreat the body because we have no agape. And it goes all the way through. Listen to this. 
Love is patient. What does that mean in relation to gifts? It means we might have to wait our turn. It means you might have to wait till next week. Yeah? Uh, love is kind. What does that mean? Oh, well, someone got up and they gave a gift. Oh, look, wouldn't it be fantastic for Jessica one day to come out and take the microphone and just say, Jesus loves you. Poor. Tell you what, you bring tears to my eyes. Bring tears to my eyes. Oh, no, that's not very smart, is it? It's not big. Love, agape, is kind. Listen to this. This is about the gifts, isn't it? Have you got the point? This is about gifts. It does not envy. Oh, why have they got the microphone and not me? It does not envy. It's not self-seeking. Where's the spotlight? should be on me. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Well, they blew it last week. Well, guess what? Love doesn't worry about that. Give them a go this week. This is about gifts, isn't it? Am I telling you the truth here or am I just preaching to you? It's about gifts. All right. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where their prophecies, guess what? One day they're going to run out. Tongues are going to be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it's going to pass away. For we know in part we're still learning. I am going to make mistakes, but I want to actually stimulate, rise myself, shake myself in the Holy Spirit and see God move. And I'll tell you what, I will make a mistake. And all I need at that moment is for someone to come up and tell me I've made a mistake and criticize me I've made a mistake. And guess what? I'll never try again. Yeah? That's not love, is it? The word agape, we've heard it so often. If you've been around church life a little while. But the word agape, for many, many years, the scholars could not find it used anywhere outside the Bible. They thought it was a special Holy Ghost word. Because throughout all the Greek manuscripts of Plato and Aristotle and all the terracotta that they found and stuff, they could not find. They found a few pieces now. But it's almost like God has actually had to invent a word for what he does. God so loved the world that he agaped. The sort of love that we talk about here isn't human love. It isn't based on whether it's good for me and it pleasures me. It's based on a decision and a commitment to see the intrinsic value in every person that God has put his breath. It's a huge thing to be able to agape people. And when we're going to start moving, I guess one of the things that we have to going to be really good at is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The reason why you've got 1 Corinthians chapter 12 all about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to each one's given the manifestation, the phanerosis of the Holy Spirit. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is all about the management of the gifts, you know, let two or three stand and let the prophets test. And look, there's, once it starts flowing, once the supernatural starts flowing, then I can teach on how we bring about order and decency and how we test the spirits and what's in the flesh and what's not in the flesh. I'll tell you one thing, I am convinced that God's not frightened the flesh. Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus was born in the flesh. Jesus was raised in the flesh. 
Jesus ministered in the flesh. Jesus died in the flesh. And more than that, he was raised to life in the flesh. What worries me is the religious spirits that get upon congregations where it sounds right, looks right, they are so much more difficult and yet they strangle the life out of any congregation. That is what bothers me. I can identify the flesh. But if someone gets up and just comes out there and they're a little bit excited in Jesus and they just come out to the front and says, God just wants to tell you today that he, that he loves you very much. You know what? I'm saying thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's someone who's a little bit weaker and if we love them and if we support them, one day they may bring the word that cracks open the heavens and we come into revival. Hallelujah. Is this okay? It's what I believe. And so really very important that we embrace the, uh, the ability to actually be body-centered rather than self-centered when we come into the moving of the gifts. If I had time today, I don't have a brand out of time today, it's okay. I was going to get up some victims, I mean some volunteers. And I was going to put them on stage and probably I was going to pick on all our singers. I get Erica up here, got a fiancé with her. I put up um, Crystal and then we put up and we just... And then I get says, can you sing Bar Bar Black Sheep? Can you sing uh, Old MacDonald's Got a Farm? Can you sing Jesus Loves Me? This I know for the Bible tells me so. And I get them all to sing the same song all at the same time and you'd all have a big laugh saying that is just crazy, isn't it? Thanks, Matt. <laughs> it's just crazy, isn't it? It's a mess, isn't it? One of the things that we miss in church life these days is choir. Because when you're in a choir, you actually have to learn to listen to others. You've got to learn to listen to what's going on with the music. And you submit your individual talent or ability to the song. That's what God's wanting to create in the life of the church of Jesus Christ, where we submit our ego to the song, to the spirit. We will dance with the Holy Spirit, but we submit ourselves to his rhythm, to his rhyme. And if we make a mistake, but love each other and support one another and build one another, it will take us to healthy places. Paul's very clear in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, you know, don't put out the Spirit's fire by despising prophesying. You, know, you, you can have that attitude. Someone gets up and we could do it today. We won't because time will go right away from us. But we, we could get someone up. And this is normally how it will often happen in a church service. You just give a little bit of permission. Someone gets up and they might bring something that's really simple, something that's really basic. But in doing that, if you don't stop it then, you know what else you know what happens after that? Someone else gets excited. And there's a flow begins to go. And then they get out of the chair and they come down and it's like it's it's a little bit more there. Do you know what I'm talking about with this? And then someone else comes on and now they're hot. Because they've got now the flow. If you despise it at the beginning, you'd have turned the whole thing off and stuff. So what I'm asking you to do is, is this church, this wonderful church that I've pastored by the grace of God, can we just put our attitudes to one side and just let God do stuff? And if it gets a bit messy, that's okay. 
trust me, trust our leaders, that we will then adjust and train. But love is a more excellent way as you do the gifts. And if you go on, love never fails, where the prophecies are far. But when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I acted as a child, but I want to put those childish ways now. For me, a poor reflection is in the mirror. But when we shall see him face to face, I know in part, and then I shall be fully known, even as I am fully known. And these three things remain. Faith, amen. Hope, amen. Love, but the greatest of these is love. And because there's no chapter 14, it says, now follow the way of love. This is how you do the gifts. You follow the way of love and eagerly desire them, the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy the gift of prophecy. And we'll talk about that another time when that comes in. Is that okay? Very short. 15 minutes. Who likes short preachers? Great. I'm going to introduce you to Pastor David Woods this morning because he's just going to come out and make a short presentation of the gospel. See if anyone's here who doesn't know Jesus. Just give David a hand. There may be someone here who doesn't know Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, look, guys, uh, that was a shock. From Mike, I wasn't expecting to say anything. I didn't come last week. <laughs> but God, Jesus Christ is King of glory, and he's my king. And he's changed my life, and he's brought me through a lot of things. And, uh, look, I don't want to give a big uh, talk here about what Jesus can do for you, but I want to say this, that if you're sitting here today and you think that it's time for a change in your life, and you want to know if there is a God in heaven, let me tell you, his name is Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to just close your eyes. Don't, don't look at me because this is the Holy Spirit moving. And uh, we're talking about the this, this gifts of God. And uh, the gifts of God is the moving of the Holy Ghost. He is the greatest gift. Mm. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift. And when you accept Christ into your life, let me tell you, the scripture says that you don't choose God, but God chosen you. He's calling you. He's wooing you into his presence. And he wants to do a work in your life. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity right now to put your hand up and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know this God that gets people excited. I want to know mm. this God that changes lives, that takes people from prostitution, drug addiction, alcoholism, changes their life and yes. puts them on the pedestal to say, hey, look what God can do for me. So I just want to say this to you this morning with your eyes closed. If you don't know Jesus as your personal God, your personal Savior, why don't you just come forward this morning? Come forward and say, Pastor, just pray for me. I want to meet this Jesus. And if that's you this morning, I know that Pastor uh, Keaton, my kidding, he says to you, put your hand up or whatever. But hey, take a faith step. Take a step of faith. Make a public confession that says, hey, yeah, I want to know you, Jesus. So as we sit in the presence of God right now, Mike said earlier, be still and know that I am God. It's in the quiet and the stillness that God calls you. So with your eyes closed right now, if God's calling you to come forward and say, Lord, I want to know you. You want to know this Jesus. If we just take one or two minutes right now in his presence, come forward and respond.
Thank you, Lord. And we just we just want to give praise to you this morning, Jesus, for being with us and for yes. teaching us more of your word. And I just uh, want to encourage you too that maybe you didn't want to come forward right now. Maybe you haven't made that final decision, but I want to say that uh, Pastor Mike is here, the team here that uh, you people know, um, and, and myself as well. If you need to talk a little bit more, you want to know more about who this Jesus is before you make a decision, uh, just come and talk to me or whoever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks, David. Really important that you think about that. And uh, Look, thank you for coming to church. We have gone a little bit longer than we would have liked, but I do want to thank David for coming and just sharing us that very important work of uh, Family Voice. And let's come next week really expecting that we're going to see God do some amazing things. I'm working myself. It was great to hear Crystal this morning. Really good, Crystal. Fantastic clarity there. And we're coming to do the stuff. A uh, guy um, went into church once and he was, knew nothing about God at all. Absolutely nothing. And he sits in the back row and the pastor does everything, watches everything, the offering, you know, the talk, all that sort of stuff. And end of it all, the pastor goes, shakes his hand, and the, the man, you know, cats all over him, big beard, and he says, just tell me, when did you start doing the stuff? Says, what do you mean? Well, you know, I, I read the Bible last week and stuff happens. You know, dead people get raised up, blind eyes open, you know, lame walk, you know, people are set free, joy, deliverance. When do you start doing the stuff? <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? We're going to start doing stuff. Rainer, what excellent stuff. <laughs> God bless you. All right, I dismiss you today. I won't get you to sing Happy Day. Uh, this is my generous gift of love to my congregation today. God bless you. Go and have some fellowship. We'll see you next week.